Greetings and welcome. I am your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with another podcast episode. Jesus is Lord, God is exalted, and we give him glory, honor, and praise, for the devil is defeated. Hallelujah. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we choose to be glad and rejoice in it. For the joy of the Lord is the strength of his people, and it is with joy we draw water from the wells of salvation. We give glory and honor to God for the opportunity to come into your home, into your cars, into your life again to share with you the truth of God's word. We will begin today by looking at the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. We are looking at the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. In biblical theology, there's a concept known as the law of first mention. It basically teaches that when a person, animal, color, or material, or number is first mentioned in scripture, the reference is set and the theme usually carries throughout the entire scripture. We see that in uh, Genesis chapter 3 with us serpent first appears in the garden to tempt Eve and we note that the serpent is referenced to Satan and so Satan is mentioned as a serpent or referred to as a serpent throughout scripture even to the point of the seven-headed dragon in the book of Revelation referring to Satan. We don't want to dwell there but we want to look at the lamb referred to in the Passover is a symbol of Jesus Christ. And so as we look throughout the scripture, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb of God. Then when we look at the dove, the dove is reference to the Holy Spirit. He's not the Holy Spirit, but he is a reference to the Holy Spirit. And the law first mentioned the dove is one of the two birds mentioned in the story of Noah and Noah's flood. For it was during that time that Noah and his sons, his three sons, built an ark because of the flood. But as the waters, the Bible says, began to descend on the earth, and as they began to descend on the earth, Noah sent out two birds. The first bird he sends out is a raven, and a raven is different from the dove in many aspects. Number one, they are different in colors. Number two, the raven is a type of bird that eats the caucus of dead animals. And so anything that would have been flown Floating on top of the water would have been food for the raven. Plus, the raven would land on top of a dead carcass in order to eat it. Then the other thing we note is that there are many times that ravens would follow packs of wolves to eat what the wolves leave behind. However, a dove is a different type of bird. A dove is a bird that will not land on dead carcasses. It would not eat the flesh of any other animal. As a matter of fact, 90% of a dove's diet is seed. However, there are a few types of doves that will eat fruit. And we note in the story of Noah that as he sent the dove out, the dove could not find a place to rest his feet. So he came back. And he sent him out again. And the Bible says when he went out and came back, he came back with the leaf of an olive tree. It's interesting that he would choose the olive tree 
and bringing back a leaf from an olive tree because the olive tree is used or mentioned as the oil for it is the first pressing of the olive that brings about the oil for the lamp that was used by the priest in the temple as well as the oil that is from the olive is used for the anointing the anointing oil and so this oil was used to anoint the king, the priest, and the prophet. So here we see the dove in relationship with the olive branch and the oil, which both refers to the Holy Spirit. But we want to look at the Holy Spirit uh, as a dove first mentioned in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 3, verse 16. It says, At that moment heaven opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. Just as the oil was used in the menorah to bring light into the tabernacle, into the temple, so the Holy Spirit landing upon Jesus, lighting him, bringing a glow of radiance uh, to him, even as if the oil is smeared on the face would bring a glow to the face of an individual. The Holy Spirit illuminates, lights up an individual, and so they could recognize the Holy Spirit on Jesus as he was lighting on him. Here we find the baptism of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit descending upon him. Let's look a little closer at this particular event. For here we find Jesus coming to John the baptizer. John, we know him more by the name of John the Baptist, but he's actually John the baptizer. John was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. He was born to a priest of Israel. So John would have been of the priestly family. And because of the call that was upon John's life, because of the ministry that God had called John to, instead of being in the temple, as most of the priests would have been, John was in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, he preached a gospel of repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so here we find John in the wilderness preaching a gospel of repentance. And as the people came out into the wilderness to hear John preach the gospel, they were receiving the gospel from John and as they received John's gospel, they were then being baptized. Being baptized means to be submerged in water, symbolic of them dying to their sins and being resurrected to a new life. But here, John sees Jesus coming, and John acknowledges him by saying, Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. But Jesus comes to John and says to John, John, baptize me. John says to Jesus, you should be baptizing me. Jesus says to John, suffer it to be so that we will fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. So John baptizes Jesus. Jesus wanted to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law because number one, he was without sin. So he need not to be baptized as a symbol of him dying to his sin 
for he had lived free and separated from sin. He had lived a life where he grew in wisdom and knowledge and grace and favor with God. He had lived a life that was pleasing to God. And he's coming to John to be baptized because this form of baptizing for Jesus was symbolic. And that's why he said that he would fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. For it had been prophesied of him that this needed to occur. But also let's look at this event. Here we find Jesus with John to be baptized. Normally when a priest had a son entering into the priesthood, the priest would take his son and he would cleanse him with a washing of the water. That's symbolic of a form of baptism. After he's purified by water, he would then say, this is my son in whom I am pleased. And then after he acknowledges him as his son in whom he is pleased, he then, the son, then enters into the priesthood in which he is therefore able to receive the sacrifice and the offerings that the people would bring so that they would be forgiven of their sin. And so here we see this event occurring with Jesus. He goes to John, who is of the priestly family. John baptizes him, symbolic of the washing of water and setting him apart into the priesthood. Then we see the heavens open and the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. As the Father speaks, the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus in the form of a dove. Now let's go back to the priest being anointed for the priesthood because as the father would acknowledge that this is my son and that he's pleased with his son, they would therefore anoint that son for the priesthood. And the way they would anoint him is they would pour the oil on the son from one ear to the other in the form of the wings of a dove. And so the anointing of Jesus descends upon him in the form of a dove. But there are also other interesting things about a dove because a dove is the only bird in which the tip of his wings points to the head. Other birds, the tip of their wings point to the tail. The dove has nine feathers in his wings. The Holy Spirit has nine gifts of the Spirit. The dove is a symbol of peace. Also, we understand that the olive branch is a universal symbol of peace. I also believe that one of the reasons the Holy Spirit is referred to in the form of a dove because of natural characteristics and similarities, we also note that the Holy Spirit or the dove is white in color and the scripture refers to the purity and the righteousness of the saints as being white in color. The dove expresses its affection by stroking its young and cooing in a soft tone. Spiritually, the Holy Spirit causes a believer to be caring and loving for one another. The Holy Spirit is a 
gentle spirit. The dove is a gentle creature. It never retaliates against its enemy. The dove never retaliates against its enemy. The Holy Spirit never causes a believer to retaliate, for he is a gentle spirit. He speaks with a soft, still voice. The dove, when it is attacked by an enemy, instead of attacking back or retaliating, instead it cries in distress. This is also seen in Romans chapter 8 when Paul says to us that the Holy Spirit will make intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's in Romans chapter 8 verse 26 through 28. It is said of the dove when he is spooked by a strange noise, he will only return to the same spot a couple of times, and then he will not return a third time to that location. God said to Noah, my spirit will not always strive with man forever. In Genesis 6 and 3, the Holy Spirit can be vexed. He can be grieved and even blasphemed. And we find that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, Mark chapter 3, verse 29. When the Holy Spirit has been offended and purposely grieved, eventually he will depart from that person. And we see that in the life of King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14 where we recognize that the Spirit of God departed from King Saul and David would have to play on the harp to soothe him because of him being tormented by evil spirits after the Spirit of God had been withdrawn from him. Let us look a little closer at the characteristics of the dove. A dove has nine main feathers on the right and on the left side of the dove. These nine feathers could reference the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 7 through 10. Also, there are nine fruit of the Spirit, which we see in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22-23. Now, the dove's tail feathers consist of five feathers. These five feathers could represent the fivefold ministry gifts seen in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. First apostles, second prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, we understand that the tail feather of the dove is used like a rudder, which helps to steer and to guide in the direction in which he's flying, just as the fivefold ministry gifts are given to bring balance and direction in the body of Christ, in the church. So going back to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, is the moment when the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove. There are things about the Holy Spirit that is important for us to see, that he's guiltless, he's an open book, and that when he comes, he comes with pure, open honesty. And he even brings in his qualities into our life as we receive him. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus told his disciples to be as shrewd as snakes 
but to be as innocent or harmless as doves. Note also that as the dove descended from heaven, even so the Holy Spirit came down from heaven to bless the people of the earth. Note the dove rested upon Christ, symbolizing the peace that the Holy Spirit brings. The fact that the dove came directly to Christ shows also a personal relationship that the Holy Spirit has with each believer. Finally, the dove resting on Christ demonstrates the Father's divine approval of the Son's mission on earth. Once the dove landed on Christ, the voice from heaven said, This is my Son, this is my beloved Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, all three persons of the Trinity are represented at the baptism of Jesus. The symbol of the Holy Spirit has a great deal to say to us about the effects of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. When the Holy Spirit comes, number one, he brings peace to our soul. Number two, he comes quietly without fanfare. Number three, he establishes a personal relationship with us. Number four, he produces a gentleness without harsh or a critical spirit. Number five, he leads us towards purity, honesty, and truth, a harmless life. And number six, he brings God's divine approval that we indeed are children of the living God. He leads us towards a beautiful, grace-filled Christian life, grace being God's divine enablement. So he divinely enables us with the power of God, with the ability of God to go forth to do the will and the work that God has destined for us to do. Pray this with me. Spirit of God, as you descended from the heavens upon Jesus, descend on me today that I might know the fullness of your power. Release the gifts of the Spirit in my life. Release the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Release the power and the anointing in my life that I may go forth to fulfill the plan, the will, and the work that the Father has for me. In Jesus' name, amen.